What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins. Today is Friday, August 5th, 2022. And we are recapping my third day of Miami Dolphins practice attendance, which took place this morning slash afternoon in Miami Gardens. You are locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Friday, August 5th, 2022, but we are not done yet this week. We got one more after today to recap the Saturday practice. want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day, your team every day here on the Locked on Network. We don't just say it. We live it. So for those of you who are dialed in, uh, appreciate your patience this week as we get through practice and we kind of process things as they are transpiring and allow me the chance to recalibrate myself and give you my thoughts and opinions. So uh, it was a long day of practice today. Sun was a little hot. We got the, the weather early on, which kind of impacted some of the wide receiver DB one-on-ones. Some good fun. Some real good fun. So uh, I have myself a little energy boost here. Hold on. Dramatic effect. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about practice today. We're, we're going to talk about observations that we have had. <sighs> Players who stood out for better, for worse, everything in between. And uh, today's practice was a short one. Uh, it was efficient. We started with the stretch, the indie period. We kind of did like the rotational stuff where everybody had a station and then a position group was there and then they went to the next spot on the field and everybody kind of rotated through, yada, yada, yada. And then you got into some more of the competitive stuff, the one-on-ones for both pass rush and, and wide receiver DBs. And then you got into some team stuff, special teams, and then more team. Uh, one of the things that I really like that the Dolphins and this practice structure has been doing is they have had... Uh, over the course of the past couple of, of public practices this week, they have had dedicated periods that are pressure periods for both the offense and the defense. So their, their team stuff, they, you've obviously got wide receiver DB one-on-ones and O-line D-line one-on-ones. But when they go to team, they'll, they'll have a team period and you get the rotation thing going. And then you break. And when you come back to the next team period, it's, or at least the last two practices, it's been pressure-based, which means... You're getting pressure looks. It's your pressure beaters on offense. It's your uh, your zero package for your your defensive personnel group. All the stuff that we were used to seeing on like the third and longs last year. And I really love that the Dolphins are committing time to that, not just for the defensive side of the ball, obviously, where like that's the identity of the team. And you know you're going to get a lot of those reps uh, throughout the course of the season. And you want to be ready for that early on with so many players back. But also for the offensive side of the ball, because we've seen firsthand what it looks like when you don't have those answers. Ask Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens last year what it's like when you get zeroed and you don't have an answer. <laughs> it's, it's ugly, right? So for those functional application reps of pressure looks, especially when you consider, and, and this is not scheming or game plan or anything like that, it's, it's just a part of what their practice structure has been. But when you consider who the, who the opponent is in week one and week two, uh, those are two very blitz-heavy defenses in Baltimore. Wink Martindale's no longer the D.C. there, but Mike McDonald, who's, who was the D.C. at Michigan last year and had been the linebackers coach with Baltimore 
before last year. It's an aggressive system. Bill Belichick, Patriots defense. It's an aggressive system. So getting those dedicated periods to focusing on beating the Blitz is something that, that I love that this team is doing. It gives you a chance to look at all the twists and games and stunts and gives the quarterback a chance to kind of go through the pre-snap inventory and, and understand, hey, here's where I'm hot. Here's where I might need to go with the ball. Here's where my hot's going to be. If they drop out, I need to identify that and have time. Just functional reps. And, and that's something that uh, I think I, I've really taken an appreciation to. Now, I selfishly would have liked today's practice to be longer, uh, it was, they blew the final whistle right at 12 o'clock. And uh, it was gone in the blink of an eye, today's practice was. It was a, an efficient practice, good tempo, good timing. There were some players who stood out, and I want to talk about who they're going to be. Uh, I'm really impressed this week in general, and today was a good day for this player, uh, Alec Ingle. Uh, he's still wearing the red jersey, but nevertheless, he's out there, he's participating. And as I'm looking at the performance of, of the Dolphins' offense, uh, and if you foil it to San Francisco and what we understand about how this offense worked in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel, you understand the value of a multi-tool chess piece that can serve as a backfield blocker, can serve as a pass catcher, can serve as somebody who works in protection. And the more I'm watching... This Dolphins offense, the observation that I see is that Alec Ingold has a chance, not guaranteed, but he has a chance to be a pretty high-impact player on this team that plays a lot of snaps and does a lot of things. Um, not just your traditional warhammer through the A-gap lead blocker type fullback, but, but a pretty versatile piece. And I think Miami would benefit from that. Uh, and, and I think Durham Smythe is another player who can be used in some parallel ways to kind of have some interchangeability and have players that can do the same thing. I've been waiting for the tight end room in general to really flash and pop. And, and more so, the, the other skill groups are the ones that have been flashing and popping. And Alec Ingold... Uh, being amongst that group as a player who had a couple nice plays where he was stepping through in, in run schemes and, and, and getting involved in blocking effectively and effectively creating space on the second level for Miami's backs. Chase Edmonds had a really nice run today that featured Alec Ingold uh, serving in a starring role out in front of that run. And, um, He's somebody who surprised me with, especially, you know, still kind of working his way back for all of the different ways that he has flashed and all the different alignments that he has flashed on the field. So that, that's a standout player for me in a good way. And I, I know I mentioned the, uh, the tight end room is a room that I keep waiting for to really make a strong statement. And, and today was another day that came and went where it was more about the wide receivers and more about the backs and more about Alec Ingle than it was about the tight ends. Um, so it's kind of a interesting storyline based on, you know, this coaching staff based on the reputation that coach McDaniel has will eventually tailor to the strengths of his roster. Uh, what that ultimately ends up looking like. We've still got time. It's still early, you know, but, and I want to save a lot of my big picture, 
observations through when I get through the end of my week here in South Florida, which ends tomorrow night, um, to be able to, to look at the full sample size that I have to be able to, to judge. And then the next time we see, I see Miami will be at the preseason game. It can kind of look to see, okay, where's the incremental progress from the week that I had in practice to now this sample size, what's, what surprised me and what is kind of an affirmation. And the more things that you get affirmed, you can kind of start to stand firm and have a lot of confidence, um, in what you start to believe the roster is going to look like and what the identity of the team, when it starts to get put together and you start game planning for opponents is going to look like But peace of mind in projection, projecting the 53 man roster isn't the only place you'd like to have peace of mind level with me. We've all been in this situation at some point in our lives. You're a little title in cash. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses pop up. Now Dave can help get you out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out. There's no interest, no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account. Get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Future you. Well, thank you. So one of the things that Coach McDaniel was was asked about extensively in the early uh, press availability to start things off this morning was about the center position. And there's been some observations and some high snaps from Connor Williams, and he was pretty quick to say, I would be concerned if he wasn't working on that. I'm not concerned right now. Um, then there was a question about Michael Dieter and if the team would – look elsewhere for another player to bring in if Dieter's going to miss extended time. And he gave Barry Jackson this whole big runaround about rolling a couple questions into one, which he gave him a hard time for earlier in the week. So everybody got a good laugh out of that. But um, it sounds as though Michael Dieter's return um, is something that will happen sooner rather than later. And I think that, again, is going to be an interesting storyline for the Dolphins because the, snap, the snaps aren't egregious, but the snaps do intermittently make the quarterback work. And Tua Tungvalo had a really nice save on one of those snaps today where the ball was once again up around the forehead or a little higher. And um, he managed to get the ball up from above and extend behind him uh, spin around and give the ball on, on a, an outside run. And it was some really good ball handling skills by Tua Tungvaloa. And it was kind of everybody who was watching was like, ooh, okay, like there's that whole snap thing again. So uh, it is a storyline to watch. Uh, I appreciate Coach McDaniel being even keeled about it because, again, we are still very, very early in this process. And he, you know, he's, he communicated Connor's working on it. He was very quick to acknowledge that they, they got a lot of options. They have a lot of experience or he has had a lot of experience 
working guys from guard to center and vice versa. He talked about Alex Mack in a stretch of time last year, and Alex Mack's a really good player. Uh, having a stretch of time where the snap accuracy was not super consistent and working through that. Uh, and he alluded to that as being why he's not worried right now because he knows Connor Williams is working on, on getting that right. And then he also acknowledged that Michael Dieter will be back sooner rather than later. Uh, so I think that's, that's good, uh, but it is something to just know is kind of lingering as kind of a sub-developing plot for the offensive side of the football. And we don't want it to continue to linger as we get closer to the season. Uh, and, and of course, I, I would expect that this coaching staff will have their eyes peeled for that to continue to improve. And if the team does end up making a move, whether that is eventually signing somebody else, or if that is Michael Dieter upon his return, starting to get some looks and Connor Williams getting cross-trained back at left guard, I think that would be pretty telling. So uh, that is kind of where my mind is at with the whole snap discussion as it takes place. Coach McDaniel also talked about it being really fun watching the competitiveness between Tua Tungvalu on the offensive side of the ball and Javon Holland on the defensive side of the ball. And he said, you know, I understand that a quarterback versus a safety is maybe a little – uh, unorthodox of a, a matchup, but the chess match that's happening there and Javon Holland being the one who pulls the strings on the defensive side of the ball. And obviously too, is the quarterback and signal caller doing the same. Uh, he noted his appreciation for that, but it was another second year player who flashed to me. Uh, Andrew Van Ginkle might've been in the orange Jersey, but Jalen Phillips continues to look like a monster in the making you are starting to see the light bulb come on. And when they first went to indie drills, he was working separately, working on some of his pass rush stuff. And we've, we've talked about how this is a player who moves differently than everybody else because of his physical gifts. But oh my goodness, when it is right, it is an overwhelming physical profile on the edge for you to have to deal with. And then Teron Armstead came up after practice and uh, credited Melvin Ingram as one of the most underrated signings and, and how that guy's still a dude too. And he's absolutely right. You see the flashes of Melvin Ingram. You know, there, there's the Teron Armsteads, the Melvin Ingrams, uh, the Thomas Morsteads, even as a punter, they, they wave Tommy Weatherly and sign another punter. Uh, they, there's like this load management focus for a lot of players and Tyreek Hill, uh, was off on Wednesday with load management and was back on the field today. Um, but you see it with Melvin when he does get involved, and you can also see kind of this subsection of the linebacker group that's Melvin, Van Ginkle, Jalen, who runs together, and you know they, they are working through hand placement, and they're working through you know the, the specifics of exactly where you want to get your hand fit depending on – how the blocker is is stepping down at you. And they were working with an assistant coach as that is a specific drill throughout uh, the course. So the veteran leadership component that Melvin Ingram can bring, seeing that on the practice field as being something that like, hey, you would expect this to be the case. And I'm really excited for what that could potentially look like. I'm looking at it. And it's really cool. And it's going to make these players better. So uh, shout out to Van Ginkle, who I think, in my opinion, put together the best orange practice jersey playlist 
uh, of any of the three practices that I have attended. It was uh, Zach Sealer, Tua Tagovailoa, and now Andrew Van Ginkle. We'll see who gets it tomorrow uh, for the last practice that I will be in town for. And then, of course, there's also an open public practice on Sunday for those who are interested in attending as well. Um, but Van Ginkle leaned into the hairband stuff. There was some radio pop hits mixed in, but like you had like Bon Jovi. It's like, oh, okay, like, yeah, the hair thing's not just a, <laughs> a shtick. He actually fits the mold a little bit, and we were wondering if that was going to be the case up in the media section up top where I was sitting. So uh, he leaned into it, and I thought he had a nice practice again today too. Uh, but Jalen Phillips, if I'm looking at the edge guys, was the one guy who just the physical stature that he provides and the physical profile. And you're seeing it's, it's being a little bit more seamless in transition from initial charge to reacting and diagnosing and then deconstructing plays. And that's super exciting for Dolphins fan because what he is capable of doing physically is, is overwhelming for a lot of blockers. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one source online for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, contact sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. I thought Austin Jackson had a pretty, um, he had a day that had some nice flashes to it. And um, we've heard Austin himself talk about trying to pull down the weight a little bit and be a little bit more fit and fluid. And uh, there was a, a big run uh, that he actually handled Jalen Phillips on the edge in the run game. And I think the, the functional athleticism for Austin is looking to be every bit as toolsy as what made him the number 18 overall pick in the NFL draft. I think he's moving well. Uh, of course, from a pass protection standpoint, it's all about set points and angles and timing and fundamentals. Um, but I thought today was a day that, that Austin Jackson actually flashed a number of plays to me uh, that looked to be quality reps. And being able to stack those together I had this conversation with somebody that I was sitting with, and, and it's I'm I'm less intrigued by the the high flash plays as I am by consistently raising the floor, right? And for a lot of Miami's homegrown talent, the players that they've drafted, I think they have ten players who were first through third round selections over the last three years who are penciling the starting spots right now. Those players and the consistency of high floor play that they have. And that includes Austin Jackson, and it includes Noig Benogany, who I thought had a solid day today as well. Uh, it includes Tua Tungvaloa. It includes Brandon Jones and Raekwon Davis and Robert Hunt. That entire 2020 group of, of six guys in, in the first through third round, and it includes Javon Holland and Jalen Phillips, who we've already talked about, Jalen Waddell. All of these Players, Liam Eikenberg, Hunter Long, if he gets into that mix, I'm still waiting for, for that light bulb to come on for him. I, he's been a player I've been hoping to see a little bit more from through camp to this point. Uh, but those players, you, know, you can include Christian Wilkins and probably Michael Dieter in there as well from the 2019 class. 
that group of players is the players, the, the consistency of the high floor play is what I think can provide the most fruits for the Dolphins as far as high level play, uh, because they are the players who are and were determined to be a lot of the foundational pieces on either side of the ball. And they're the ones who have the most growth potential because of their trajectory in being NFL players. And seeing Austin Jackson kind of have those moments and not really the, oh my goodness, what is he doing plays would be a huge win. You know, for Tua Tonga-Valoa as the quarterback, you're looking for continued ball security and, and you're also looking for, I think the one thing that I'd like to continue to see Tua progress at through the preseason this year is getting through progressions and getting to your check down quicker consistently. You know, there are times and there are down and distances when it calls for that aggressiveness, right? But if it's second and eight, being able to understand, okay, I've got an alert on the outside and based on the coverage leverage, that's not going to be a no-go. So now I'm into my first progression and this is all pre-snap. And to kind of understand, okay, that route's going to be capped. So I can very quickly, I just need to confirm that at the snap, make sure that defense defender who's leveraged to play in zone or to be in man coverage and eliminate that, that route. I need to confirm that quickly, work to my two. And if it's not there, or technically what would be your three, if you include the alert, and if that's a high low read, and if they're both not there very quickly, then by the time you're at the top of your drop, find your checkdowns. And there were a couple of plays today. There were maybe two or three, right? Um, there were a handful on Wednesday where if you're quickly able to expedite your way through the reads and get down to the checkpoint, the check down quickly, what that allows you to do is get the ball to that player underneath with a lot of space because everybody has pushed to their initial landmarks, right? And allow those backs out of the backfield to do some of that work for you. And that's something for a young player who um, has looked to make big plays and has played a lot of his early career in the shadow of rumors of being inadequate, needing to be replaced and all that jazz. You understand why, hey, he wants to make big plays happen. It's the same thing that goes back to the, the game-winning touchdown pass against Georgia in the national championship game. He took a sack before that and took a negative play before then making a positive play. Again, high floor play as a quarterback includes eliminating a lot of those plays. And you've seen the quick twitch play within the pocket to make the first arriving pass rusher miss and then extend the play. But if you can find the right tightrope to walk those and do them selectively, and then other times to say, in my three-step drop, no, 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 down, under. That and eliminating some of those covered sacks, and you saw a couple of covered sacks today, um, is an area that I think that you can really raise the high floor of the play at that position. So that's something that as we evaluate through practice tomorrow and each of the preseason games that we get to see Tua Tungvaloa in early in the season, that's one area of his game that I'm going to be very interested to continue to watch and see how he chooses to handle and how he continues to grow in that capacity. So. Uh, just examples of 
between Austin Jackson and, and Noe Benogany and, and not getting lost at the catch point and Tua Tagovailoa with oh, expediting some of the reads to get all the way down to the check down and get, commit to that underneath throw quickly, all of those things, all those little things will eliminate some of the negative plays, raise the floor, and help you play closer to the ceiling, which is very, very high ceiling because it's a very, very talented team. So that, that's kind of where we're at through practice today. Shout out Alec Ingold. I thought he had a great practice day. Um, uh, Cedric Wilson had a couple nice wins and one-on-ones. Uh, some of the – Jalen and Tyreek had some route. Tyreek had the biggest catch in the passing game with a corner route downfield that was a well-timed throw from Tua Tagovailoa. Kind of hit a soft spot in zone coverage. Tyreek obviously pressing vertically creates a lot of space, and it bends that route outside. It was right on the sideline for a really nice completion. So I thought that was the best passing play of the day. Um, and I'm excited to see what tomorrow looks like. I'm excited to see who makes the final exclamation point. There have been players on each day that have really flashed and stood out. And we'll see what tomorrow brings. So make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Thanks for checking out the show. Fins up, make it a great rest of your Friday. And I will talk with you guys again tomorrow.